0: Hello and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Glory to God. I want to uh, finish up tonight, uh, I think I will, uh, on the subject that we've been uh, looking into for the last several weeks, couple months I guess. On uh, Christian uh, child raising or raising your children for Christ and so forth. Christian parenting, I think that's what the title I put on it. Uh, last week, we talked about what the Bible has to say about spanking. And we read a lot of scriptures. I hope you wrote those down. And, uh, you know, it's contrary to what the world teaches. The world teaches that spanking is an act of violence and uh, any. If you lay your hand on your child at all, it's uh, physical abuse, etc., etc. Not everybody believes that. And it seems like the world, uh, the educational system and, and government and so forth went to the brink on that and it actually stepped back a little bit because I think uh, uh, rational people... Uh, 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 Good sense and common sense has prevailed a little bit in that. And I think people realize that there is a place for spanking. Uh, even though in some places uh, uh, it's been criminalized. You say, well, what should we do, pastor? Uh, obey the scriptures. Amen. That's what, that's what I tell people. Just obey the scriptures. Do what the Bible says. We read the scriptures. And uh, spanking uh, uh, done right... And uh, we believe these scriptures in the context that we read them in uh, is, is God's view of spanking. And you noticed notice last week, God doesn't just uh, uh, pussyfoot around this issue. He's not reluctant about this issue. Uh, there's not any sense in the Bible that, that, uh, uh, that it was a delicate issue or something that, that you had to exercise great caution the Bible is real strong on it, amen? And, and, and we remember if you were here last week, we read scriptures and, and um, uh, if, if you weren't here, I'll just give you the scripture references and you go back and look at them later. Proverbs 13, 24, Proverbs 19, 18, Proverbs 22, 15, 23, 13 and 14, 29, verse 15 and verse 17, Proverbs 20, verse 30, and then in the New Testament, we looked at Hebrews 12, 5 through 11. So that's not uh, one or two scriptures, that's uh, several scriptures. And uh, the Bible is very clear that it endorses the right kind of spanking. Amen? So um, uh, we went over that, and then we talked at the very end about Eli, and who was a priest in uh, in the book of 1 Samuel. Remember that... Uh, uh, Samuel's mother Hannah and her husband they were not able to have children. She was in uh, distress about it and praying and crying out to the Lord and, and uh, uh, God gave her the desire of her heart. She had this child and she brought Samuel to the temple as just a young child and lent him to the Lord. In other words, uh, he was there uh, in service to the Lord. He grew up in the temple. And uh, Eli, however, had... Uh, lost control of his sons uh, because he didn't discipline them when they were young. And so now they're adults and they were committing all sorts of terrible sins and vices uh, surrounding the worship of the Lord and the, and the, and the uh, temple and so forth. And, and uh, when people would come to offer their sacrifices uh, under the influence of these sons and, and their uh, companions, other young men uh, who were serving at the time, they were uh, forcing, taking the offerings from the people forcibly, abusing the rights of the priest of the priesthood and so forth, and then uh, even uh, fornicating, having sex with uh, women who were at the temple for the purpose of just attending to the Lord. You remember in the book of Luke, it talks about Anna. The prophetess, you know, we call her Anna, the prophetess, but she was a woman who uh, spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ when He was born, and uh, she was described as an old woman who, for many years, had had spent her entire existence at the temple. She just was continually in the temple praying and and just being there to be used any way that she could be, and just praying for uh, for the redemption that uh, would be fulfilled in Israel and so forth. Well, these women that. Uh, these men were uh, uh, enticing this way were women who were supposed to be at the temple for a holy purpose and they had abused that whole situation and turned it into just an ungodly thing so much so that uh, the Lord said to uh, uh, Samuel that the, uh, the people had, uh, they despised the offerings of the Lord. They came to to despise coming to the to the temple to offer their offerings because of Eli's sons, and uh, Eli was rebuked because of it. He said, "You've put your sons ahead of me. You 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 value them more than me. And because you haven't controlled your sons, he well judgment fell. The sons were killed. Eli lost uh, his place." Uh, the priesthood was taken away from his family and given to somebody else. So it's it a, a very powerful message to us that God requires parents to discipline their children. And how our children turn out uh, is, is something that we have to give an answer to. We have to answer for that. And it's a very sobering thing. And so spanking is only part of it. So I have some comments and, and I wanna finish up tonight. Uh, talking about this. And in, as far as spanking is concerned, just some practical areas. Uh, we should not spank our children in anger. Amen? Now, having said that, I'm a parent and, and my kids have made me angry many times. Kids will drive you crazy. Just, you know, not literally, but you know. Uh, when, you, uh, when you're raising your children, it's child rearing years are very uh, difficult, stress filled years. Uh, experts say that, uh, that marriages are most under, there's more stress in, in a marriage between a husband and wife during the years when they're raising children than at any other time. Well, yeah, <laughs> children can, can, can just drive you to distraction. And, uh, you know, they, they do things that, uh, you know, you got a lot of things going on and, and uh, yeah, you can get mad with your kids. Uh, I wouldn't say that I, I never spanked my children uh, angry because I did. Uh, but uh, it's not in, in something that you do one, thing, one time. Yeah, you may get, you know, when your child, children misbehave, they do things that you've told them not to do over and over and over and over and they can be aggravating. You ever been aggravated by your kids? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, you can, you can be annoyed. But the point is you should not uh, habitually be spanking your children uh, in, in anger and out of control. You know, that doesn't mean if you're, you know, someplace and your kids just do something just totally Crazy that just ears that you won't just, you know, uh, in displeasure, spank them on the, on the behind, pop them. But I'm just saying, if you're going to administer discipline, it's best to cool down. Yeah, cool down. And let, let them know right away you, I, you're going to get spanked for that. And uh, let, let the dread of that just work on them. <laughs> yeah, uh, that has some value too. But, uh, but the point is you should calm down and be in control of yourself, of yourself and not be angry. This is under ideal circumstances, okay? We're all human. But under ideal circumstances, that's what you should do. You should calm down and, and, and spank your children in, uh, uh, in full control of yourself and not out of anger. Not merely to punish. See, very often when, when we spank our children Uh, right when they do something and it it just ticks us off and and irritates the daylights out of us and we get mad and spank them, we're really punishing them more than we're correcting them. And spanking should be primarily to correct, to correct bad behavior, to show them that there are consequences uh, uh, for what they do when they do things wrong, and so spanking should have the purpose of administering correction, not just uh, damage, uh, you know, uh, 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 punishment to them. I always like to put it like this. There should be a ratio of one part spanking to two parts love and reinforcing what you believe about them. Now, I know when your children are, are at a certain age, we were talking to somebody, I talked last week about how when Leslie uh, was, was raising Joan Morgan, or Joan uh, Green, but when she was a little girl, there was uh, just this age. I mean, she was just a little thing. She just was, she's just so strong-willed, and, and, and Leslie came to Angela one day just literally crying. She said, I just, I don't know what I'm gonna do. It just seemed like I beat her all day long. I'd just spank her again and again and again and again. Well, you know, you have to win, you have to win that battle. You can't give up midway through it. I know it's hard. I know it, and you, know, you can laugh and grin about it now, but when you're in the middle of it, it's not fun. Uh, parenting is a chore. And I mean, it's, it, there's some, it's difficult sometimes, but you have to win that battle. But even in a situation like that where, you, where you're spanking them, it seems like just over and over and over you know, uh, in a day, that just means you just have to show your love to them that much more. So again, it should be a ratio of one part spanking to two part love, reassuring them that you love them, that you believe in them, that you, uh, 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 and so forth. Uh, You shouldn't be remembered when when your child looks back on their upbringing. They shouldn't just remember you as the parent that beat them all the time. And if you show them the right kind of love while you're doing it, they'll oh they'll remember the incidents, but it's not what will come to mind when they think of you. When I was growing up uh, and I was a teenager, I had a a, a a good friend, a very close friend, and uh, his dad worked uh, for the railroad, and he was gone a lot. And uh, this this when we were teenagers, my my friend told me about this. This really uh, bothered him. His mother, whenever he would do something wrong, his mother would say, "You just wait till your daddy gets home. You're going to get it when your daddy gets home." And when his daddy got home, he got it. His daddy would, you know, beat him with the belt, you know, and and uh, and there was. I didn't know at the time. I, I remember at the time him he telling me this about. And we were teenagers, and he said, "Ever since I've been a little kid, he said all I I've ever." When, I, when my dad comes to, to mind today, all I think about is the man that came home and, and beat me all the time. And I didn't realize what an impact that made on him until, uh, uh, no, we'd lost contact with each other. Our lives have, have gone completely different directions. Uh, not He's not serving the Lord. But recent, about uh, five years ago, maybe six years ago, we got back in touch with, with, each, with each other online. And... Uh, in our correspondence, uh, he has mentioned even in recent times, his dad has, has died, his mother is, is gone now, and uh, it's just he and his uh, uh, three siblings, but he, he still, uh, the issue with his dad is unresolved. He still talks about how his dad would beat him all the time. And, and when he, and I can tell in his writings, because just reflecting on his youth and on different things, he's an author and, uh, an unpublished author, but an author aspiring, uh, to be published. But, uh, he wrote a book and all, and I read his book that he wrote, sent me a copy of it and, uh, and he published it himself. You know, if you, you can't get a publishing house to buy your books, you buy them yourself, sell them or give them away. And, uh, so I got, I got his book and, um, and all through that book, it's written from the, from the standpoint of a period of time when he was a teenager, it's all about his dad beating him. And uh, every time he turned around, well, that's not the way you want to be remembered. Now, the difference, my parents spanked me. And we were, they were from the old school, you know. Uh, this was in the 1950s and, and uh, 60s. You know, I didn't get spankings as I got you know, a lot older, but... Uh, you know, they. My parents spanked me with the belt and the switch. Anybody remember the deadly switch? Yeah, it was brutal, and uh, I don't recommend that. But the thing about it, I got spankings when when I did something wrong, and sometimes they left marks. I mean, the the switch and the belt sometimes left left welts on 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 my backside. But when I think about my parents, I don't think about the the, the, the spankings, because there was an atmosphere of love and acceptance uh, in my family. And as I'm reading these these. Uh, this correspondence as we've written each other and I read his book and, and even in, in letters between he and I, you know, writing back and forth, I, I, was, I was drawn to the, the, the difference in the way he related to his parents and the unresolved issues. Now they're gone. And this will just, I guess, torment him right on unless he gets, you know, submits his, his mind to the word and renews his, his mind with the word of God. But when my mom was, uh, in the hospital last year. You know, she passed away last July. And uh, when when she was in the hospital, Pastor Angela during that time was running to Jacksonville, you know, to take care of her mother. And I was going to, to Georgia to take care of my mother. And I was up there for several days at a time and uh, spent uh, time in the room. Sometimes I would just uh, spend the night in my mom's room in a chair lounge thing that I opened up, you know, that I could sleep in just to kind of take care of her if she needed anything in the nighttime. But one night we were talking and I said, I want you to know that as a pastor, I, I've run in across a lot of people who, who have all these unresolved issues, all of these conflicts as adults. They have all these complicated conflicts with their parents, and it torments them. And I said, I just want you to know, Mom, that I don't have any of that. My, I, you were a good mother. And she said, well, I, you know, I feel like I made a lot of mistakes. I said, well, certainly you did. I have too. Every parent does. I mean, there's nobody perfect, but what I want you to know is I, I don't have any bitterness. Uh, I don't have any, when I think about my childhood and my time with you, I just remember the good times we had and, and how loving you were. Now, she actually was, you know, I've talked to you about this a little bit uh, in previous sessions. There. She went through a real time of, of depression and, and almost crazy. And, and yet even that didn't color or affect my opinion or my relationship. And because I remember the, the times when she wasn't like that, how loving she was and, and what a just a, a wonderful childhood I had and, and, and my dad too, how he played with us and now he, he was killed when I was eleven uh, and so most of my memory is is from a real uh you know immature standpoint or, or frame of reference as a little kid. But I remember my dad playing with us, even though he worked a lot and he wasn't uh, he wasn't home that much. My mom stayed home and took care of us uh, four children. Uh, but I remember, even though I was spanked, I remember my childhood with fondness, have fond memories. And the spankings aren't what, what come to mind. When I think about the spankings, I laugh, just like tonight. I talk about the switch, and many of you, you know, grinned, and you know, I'm, I'm assuming you, you have the same experience I had, that uh, uh, your parents, even though they were strong and disciplined, you know they loved you. Well, that's what you want. And you get that doesn't happen uh, unless you unless you show them your love because you don't want it to turn out like my friend where you know he just remembered his dad as this man that just came home and beat him over anything he did everything he did and it kind of I guess it kind of stacked up you know when he was away from home because his mother would never spank him and that's wrong that's a wrong thing to do putting that off on one parent so one parent becomes the bad guy uh, that's not a good idea and. uh, so, uh, he evidently didn't, uh, and I knew his dad as teenagers and he was, you know, uh, uh an old fashioned, hard, you know, tough big guy. I mean, he was like this John Wayne persona to me. I remember one time in, in uh, high school, there was a, a thug back when I went and many of you we went to school, there weren't any police on campus. There the campuses weren't fenced in and, uh, Uh, police would show up every now and then you know do a drug raid or something but they weren't there all the time and uh sometimes these these hoodlums like small gangs or one or two people would infiltrate the schools kids that were dropped out of school and they were tough guys and they'd come in on campus and start fights and stuff well there was this one particular really bad dude had it out for this friend of mine and uh just tormented him and would come into, into, you know, we had a big study hall and one, one uh, uh, hour. And this guy would come into the study hall, which was in the auditorium, and pick a fight with my friend right there in front of the teacher. And they were afraid of this guy because he was really mean. And uh, so he kept harassing him. And so uh, one afternoon, uh, Chuck, my friend, had, had told his dad what was going on. And uh, one afternoon after school, there was a 7-Eleven up close to the high school. And everybody kids would go up there and hang out sometimes, you know, before they went home. And uh, another guy that I knew that went to my church had a 57 Chevy. And uh, he and this bad guy, this real tough guy, this hoodlum, uh, were in that car. And the hoodlum and, and somebody else, this bad guy, was in the back seat. And Chuck's dad drove up in his old beat-up pickup truck, had Chuck in there. Walked, and I'll never forget it. He walked over to that 57 Chevrolet, threw open that door, and his, he, he was big like Larry. Where's Larry Green? Big like Larry. I mean, his hands were like this. His fists were like this big around. He bought them up. Was just gigantic. Just a big old guy. He just grabbed this little punk out of the car, dragged him out on the ground, and said, if you ever speak to my son again, I'll kill you. And he just laid there. He looked like <laughs> So, so he was, you know, he was that kind of a guy. But unfortunately, you know, uh, my friend only remembers him as the dad that, that beat the daylights out of him all the time. So that has to be uh, seasoned with a lot of love. Are you out there? Uh, improperly administered, that is without reinforcing your love for them, spanking can become a form of fighting with your children. They, do, they misbehave and you spank them and they misbehave and you spank them and they misbehave and you spank them, over and over and over and over. And the result then uh, can be nothing but resentment. That's what happened to my, to my friend. Uh, he grew to resent his father for the spankings. So spankings should always be, when your child should always understand the spanking in the context of your love and your, and your acceptance of them. Amen. They need to know that you, that you believe in them. Even though you're spanking them, even though you know they've done wrong, uh, they need to know that you believe in them, that they're gonna make it, that they have value, that, you, that they're gonna turn out right, that, that they're good, uh, uh, and you're spanking them to reinforce the good, to correct uh, bad behavior so that they don't turn out right, uh, don't turn out wrong, because you, you're determined to make sure they turn out right. That needs to be the message. Amen? Uh, just some final thoughts. And, and when we're done, if you have some questions along this line, uh, I'll be glad to take questions and, and uh, answer them best I can. Uh, as a parent, be relatable to your children. Don't be an old fuddy-duddy. Amen? Particularly if it's, 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 it's particularly uh, uh, demanding the, the, the older you are in relations to your children. I was, uh, Pastor Angela and I uh, had children very, very young. And, and, and I don't advocate this at all. Uh, we, were, we were parents when we were 17 years old and our, our oldest son was born. That's, that's not the way to do it. But there was this positive side to it that we were still very young when our children were growing up. Uh, when when Steve went to college, uh, his freshman year when he started, he was 17. I was 34, and uh, because of that, you know, we 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 sort of had to grow up together. You know, I was still a child, and he was, he was he was he was rightfully a child, and I was just uh, struggling to grow up. Uh, one time, I several times I told Angela when she wouldn't participate in in, in uh, some of the drugs and some of the other things that, that uh, I was involved in. I said, you're, you're just, it's like I'm married to my mother. You're just like this old lady. She said, well, one of us has to be an adult. <laughs> and, and she was right. Thank God she, she was the adult. But, uh, but still, it's important that you be relatable, that you just don't be, like I said, an old fuddy-duddy. Have a sense of humor with your children you know humor is a, is an is an important uh, ingredient to any relationship marriage i mean it doesn't matter any relationship humor god gave us a sense of humor you wonder about some people it, where they lost it along the way but but god humor is a good thing humor takes the edge off a lot of uncomfortable situations and 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 and, and smooths out our relationships and our personalities well, you know, it's good to have humor in the house with your kids. If you grow up in a house where where there's uh, laughter and fun, it'll pay rich dividends. Your children will remember. I remember my dad chasing us down the hall. He would turn the lights out and close all the doors from the bedrooms in the hall so it was dark. And he would take his false teeth out and chase us down the hall. Ooh, you know, and we would just laugh and run and Uh, You know, you you need to do things like this with your children. It's important. Uh, Joke around some, like I said. Create a warm and and lighthearted atmosphere. Create a warm and lighthearted atmosphere. That will balance well against the the times when you have to uh, administer discipline. It's important. Uh, Understand... Uh, your, your kids' lingo. Learn something about their away from home culture. You know, kids have an away from home culture. They're, they're, they have their life with you, and then they have their life when they get away from you with their friends and, and so forth. Uh, learn something about that. Now, don't necessarily use their lingo. <laughs> the last thing you want to do is try to appear to your children to, to be one of them because it will not fly, I can tell you that. You'll, you'll come across as really ridiculous. And so you don't need to try to use their lingo seriously. But see, I would, I would pick up on the things that uh, my kids would say that I would overhear and say, and, and I'd joke around with them about it. Because, you know, I understand. And it just, and it just showed that I was relatable, that, that uh, 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 they could be themselves around me and, and, and Pastor Angelo. Uh, now, this does not mean that you try to be their friend. I, I'm real strong on that. You're not supposed to be their friend. You can be relatable and fun and so forth, but you are an example to them. You're the parent. Never lose, never lose uh, track of that. You, you're not supposed to be their friend. And I, I see, uh, I have seen that uh, happen so many times where uh, parents will Uh, try to be a buddy with their friends. I've seen it sometimes when uh, a parent, two parents aren't getting along very well, the marriage isn't real good. I've seen sometimes that one of the parents uh, become attached to their child in a way almost as a substitute for the relationship that they don't have with their spouse And, and they almost treat that child as an adult. They let their child in on, a, on adult conversations and, and uh, be, become buddies with them. That, that's not a healthy thing. They, like I've said before, uh, there are people who are appropriate for your friends as friends and those people are their friends. That's, that's, what, that's who friends are. There are, are uh, people that, that are their age and have their interests. So you don't need to be their friend, but you can, you can strictly be the parent and yet do it in a youthful, fun, and relatable way. Amen? Uh, Again, always sincerely praise the good things in them. Uh, God knows there'll be some things that you'll have to to correct. You'll see some things that aren't good because the Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, and the rod of correction will drive it from them. One of these verses that that, uh, uh, we went over last week. And so, you know, there are some things in your child that you're going to have to correct that that are not good and are not. But they're normal. They're normal. Don't don't be upset about it. Don't you know? Don't. Uh, you're, yeah, your children are going to lie to you. They're gonna, there's an age in in, in in that in a phase they go through that, and you think uh, it happens real real early, and you think my child is just so innocent. He's just so you know. He's just not aware of wrong. And then and then one day you'll discover that. Your child is just bold-faced lying to you. He knows what he's doing. You said, did you do so and so? No, sir. And you know full well that they're just lying to you. Well, don't be overly upset about that. That's just something that children go through. That's the, that's the tendency of the flesh. That's the old man, you know, the, the flesh man uh, manifesting itself, uh, looking out, you know, for... Covering their own behind, you know, and they're going to go through that. Don't be upset about it. Correct them. Teach them that they're not supposed to lie. Don't make it, don't overly condemn them when you're administering justice. You know, I never tried to shame my children. I didn't do everything right, but, but I did some things right. And uh, I, I, I didn't shame my children when I, when I had to correct them. I didn't try to rub their nose in, in their mistakes and just make them feel horrible about themselves. So listen, this was wrong. You shouldn't have done it. Uh, and we're gonna deal with that. And then when, it's, when, and when it discipline is ministered, then it's over. It's over, it's forgotten. If it happens again 10 minutes later, we do it all over again and it's over. If it happens 10 minutes later, we do it all over again and again, it's over, it's forgotten. Uh, that, that's important. Uh, so always, and so we, are, we were always, uh, well, not always, and we weren't perfect, but this is something we tried to do consistently. We tried to praise the good things. Anything that they, that they did, any, you know, my, my two, two kids had completely different personalities. One was strong in one area that the other wasn't strong in, and then the other one had, had attributes and, 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 and personality traits that were wonderful that the other one didn't have. Well, I, you know, if you're not careful, One child can think, well, you love the other one more than you love me. And so, uh, and, and, and if you have one child that is outstanding, in some particular way. They're, they're, they really excel, whether they excel at school or at sports or in some way they just got a, a, a great personality and people like being around them. You know, they're real outgoing. Maybe you have another child that's not so outgoing, that's more uh, reticent, more reserved, you know. If you're not careful, the the one uh, who lacks certain uh, uh, Character traits or certain personality traits will begin to feel like they're inferior, and you don't love them enough. So you have to make sure you you uh, point out the positive things in in their personalities and 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 so forth, and praise them for those things. For those things, and that just means that you need to communicate acceptance all the time, even when you're spanking them. There should never be any doubt that you love them and that they're accepted. That even though you're, 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 you're spanking them and you're not happy with what they did, you're still happy with them, amen? Uh, always speak words of faith over them and about them. Uh, you know, I, I constantly told our kids that they were gonna grow up strong, well, smart. Uh, they were gonna be blessed, that they would always prosper, that they would go to the head and anything they ever did, they would achieve. They, I, I constant. the reason I said that was because I believed it. Because the word, that's what the word says. The, it, now the word doesn't say that about, thus saith the Lord, your children are going to excel. The word says, you're going to excel. It, the word is true, that's true for me, is true for them. What applies to me applies to them. I, I remember when our kids were, when we first went into the ministry, uh, before that, I had a good job and, uh, we made a decision and, and parents uh, have to decide on their own what to do about this. We made the decision that pastor Angela would not work. She quit work, uh, right after, uh, the oldest one was born and stay home and take care of the children. Well, I made uh, a good enough living that we were able to live comfortably. We weren't, uh, wealthy, but you know, had a good job and, and, uh, uh, had good Christmases, you know, had, they, bought, they got a lot of toys. Uh, if there was anything they needed, they got. Um, you know, if we, if we went out to eat and did, you know, just we had enough money that it wasn't tight and they, and they enjoyed life. When we started the ministry, uh, we left all of that security. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of came as a surprise to me. I didn't really know what we were getting into. Because I didn't really intend to stay and pastor this church, but once it became obvious that's what we were doing, and it also became obvious that uh, uh, with about uh, twenty-five people, uh, I'm not going to have exactly the same lifestyle I had before for a period of time. And and, you know, we we didn't discuss our financial uh, uh, any any financial strain that we were ever under or anything. Our kids never knew about that. They don't need to know those things, but. Uh, I also knew they were accustomed to getting pretty much what they wanted for Christmas. And uh, I, I went the first Christmas, in, in preparation to the first Christmas after we had uh, moved over here and started this church with just a handful of people, I, my boys were real small. How old were they? Six and 10. They're old enough to understand what I was about to tell them. I just sat them down. I said, you know, uh, as a family, we've gone into the ministry. And, and I always... We always tried to include our kids in the concept of the ministry. They weren't—they weren't the pre—they weren't preachers. They weren't the—you know—in the—in the, you know, in, in the, in the uh, up front. But we—we we tried to create an atmosphere where they felt part of the ministry. That we did this as a family. That we, our whole family, was serving God together. And and you, and your family, should be like that. It doesn't matter if you're in the ministry or not. Your family should uh, have the, uh, of the, the atmosphere should be that you are a family that's, that lives for God, that knows God, that serves God. Not just, it's not just something you as your parents do, you as the parents do, and they just tag along. Help them understand that, that you're in this as a family. And we talked about God's grace on our families. And so uh, I did that, but I, I sat them down. I said, you know, there, there, there might be a Christmas or two because the church is young and we just have a handful of people and there's not a lot of income. You know, there might be a, a few uh, Christmases, one or two or a few or some lean years where you might not get as much as you used to get for Christmas. But I said, boys, you mark my word. If you'll stay faithful to God, keep your heart right. And see, they, they always felt a part of the ministry. And I said, if you'll always uh, uh, keep your heart right and serve God with me, and, and, and not be resentful, the day will come, you'll have everything. The day will come, you mark my words, you'll prosper, you, you'll, you'll, you'll excel, it, it, God will pay you off. God will, God will uh, uh, return what you give to him. And so they, in a sense, were willing to, they were willing to give up some of the things they had they didn't, they didn't look at Christmas begrudgingly or their lack of things begrudgingly. They willingly gave that up for the Lord. And I knew, see, if they did that, that would be a sowing from them and they would reap it. And, it, and it's absolutely paid off. And, uh, I remember when, uh, in, in Jacksonville, Steve's first bike bicycle, you know, we bought a new bicycle and put training wheels on it and I run myself ragged running behind him, you know, when I tried to get the wheels off, you know. But anyway, he learned to ride. And uh, when Greg came along, you know, we were over here out in Fort White. And uh, I bought uh, a bicycle. And there was a new style of bicycle out. You remember way back in the the early 80s, the banana seats, high handlebars and all that stuff. I took a a, a bicycle that I just, you know, picked up someplace for nothing. And I rebuilt it. And I, I put the big, you know, banana seat on it, the high handlebars, and I, and I threw the, the, the wheels away and got this polymer plastic, you know, the, the mag-type wheels that were real popular. I don't know, I might have ended up spending more on the remake than if I'd have bought it, but I, I don't think so. I, I just did what I could. But I fixed this bicycle up, I painted it, spray-painted it, went down to Walmart, bought spray paint, you know, fixed it all up. And to this day... Greg remembers that bike. He says, that's the best bike I ever owned. I love that bike. In fact, it was such a hot bike that somebody stole it off of our carport and the police came out, did a report. We found out who it was. Did we get the bike back? We didn't get it back, but we found out who it was. They had to pay Greg back, didn't they? This kid got, got busted in, uh, in the neighborhood and the police made him pay Greg back for that bike, but he loved that bike. And, and so... Uh, what I'm saying is uh, create that sense of, an, uh, of, of uh, togetherness and involvement in everything you do for the Lord. And, uh, and so I, I said that to say, you know, to illustrate the fact that we always told our children that you're going to make it. And, and you're going you're gonna to succeed. You're going to excel in life. The grace of God, the hand of God is on you and will be on you. And uh, uh, God, God honored what we said. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, and then again, just tell them often that you love them. Just tell them often. You know, we, we just, that's something that was, was often said around, around, our, our, around our house. You know, we just, we said it all the time. I love you. Every time we greeted one another, you know, we put them to bed and we woke them up. If we went to pick them up from school, you know, we were always very affectionate, you know, hugging one another, saying, I love you, I love you. That was just the atmosphere we had. It's important. Like I said, that, that, Causes the spankings to disappear, in their mind. Amen. Hello. Do you have any questions uh, uh, along this line? I'm finished. We've got about 15 minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, why don't you take this mic so so people can, because they probably have the same question you're asking.
1: Yeah. You know, when when spanking a child, um, you know, when you said you, you know, we all had a switch that we used to get quit by, and we kind of laughed at that what should you should you use something to spank your child and and not your hand because is a hand like a physical do they look at being spanked with their hand like an attack from you, or do you just use something every time that you have in the house that you're gonna get a spanking you know and you have a particular thing that you spank your child with or?
0: Well, I'm not going to, to tell you what to spank your child with because I don't want one of you guys doing something crazy and being arrested and it come back to me. I told him to do it because uh, I, I never know what people, how people are going to take what I say. So I'm not going to recommend what you use, whether you use your hand or not. But I, I really think, and I might be wrong, maybe some of you are, are more trained in this, uh, but this idea that using your hand to spank your child communicates a personal aggression towards them. I think that psychoanalysis gone gone wild. I, maybe I'm wrong because uh, I, I haven't studied this, but I never I never felt like I would have preferred my parents spank me with their hand. I'm gonna tell you, uh, and and there comes a time when your child is a little bit bigger. Just in my experience, I, I couldn't effectively communicate what I wanted to with my hand. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh it, it needed to be something that, that they understood this is going to hurt. And uh, so uh, in answer to part of that question, I'm, I don't buy personally. You might and you might be wrong and I I'm, I'm, might be right and I'm wrong. But I didn't, I never bought and do not buy the idea that there is some kind of a psychological, you know, connection. You're going to warp your kids, you know, by using your hands that, that they tie those things. That I don't think kids are nearly as complicated as as we think they are in those terms that's just my opinion and so uh, uh, just do whatever you think is best uh, in, in, in line with the scriptures moderation uh, it, it, it not to, to inflict any kind of serious uh, 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 harm on your children it should hurt that's what spanking's all about it's not a pat on the back it's a pat on the butt and it's supposed to hurt uh, yeah anybody else? Can you talk real loud or you want to come up here? <laughs> did we ever do that? What? Both what? Oh, she said we did both. We didn't give them the option of either or. We spanked them and took something away from them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making fun of, of what you're saying. Does anybody have any opinions here? Uh, I, I would say for us, with, anything, Speak loud. With, with, yeah. With our girls, was very effective up to a point, but at times, Yeah. I agree with that anybody else have a comment on that on that point I'll talk real loud give me this I'll just walk around here
1: I think that as a parent we make the decisions we don't let them decide you know just my opinion
0: yeah that makes sense anybody else Another question. Comment? There's a good resource in the bookstore, a Father's Prayer for His Children. It's just a little pamphlet. It's just a several prayers about their friends, their uh, school. Yeah. Is that the one you and I were looking at or a different one? It's a different one. We have a new book. She haven't put, We just came across a new book the other day. She got one copy of it, and we'll we'll get some more of those. And it's prayers that uh, you can pray um, for your kids, and, and it'll be similar to that. Just another book. In uh, and, and books, prayer books are are okay as a as a reference. Like like Rodney said, just a reference to remind you of some things you need to pray about. I'm not real big about reading a prayer and praying. You know verbatim what somebody wrote down. You know, every situation is different. Your children are different. Well, I'm holding this. Uh, but uh, but it is it is a good resource to remind you of things you need to be praying about. And then um, uh, it certainly doesn't hurt to use those prayers as a starting place. Yeah. I just think the thing I got out of this that um, I tried to do <clears throat> was and it really uh the point was driven home to me when you were talking about the your friend and his dad is uh the relationship you have with your kids yeah it's like you have a relationship with god gotta have a relationship with your kids and this guy obviously he'd come home and like you said he was the boogeyman Mm -hmm. and you wonder what kind of relationship he ever had and uh you know that's yeah, you know, hopefully what I have with my kids, and I always encouraged them that they had to have their own personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. So, anyway, that's yeah. my two bits. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have John and and uh, Christy. I mean, Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, the, like what you were saying about your Christo. friend, um, that's a question I have, you know, because, you know, we, we're we just been, what, almost two years? We haven't had, we're planning on having children. Uh, these are really like eating this up, all this information. But
0: uh, from what my experience is, I'm older than she is, and my dad did spank us and all that. But I have you said, I had the memories of the switch, the belt, and the police belt. But I also had the good memories. But my brother, on the other hand, he he tends to think more sometimes, doesn't he? Sometimes of the anger, the the discipline, and I was wondering, you know what do you what would be a good way to express how to get out of that? you know what I mean, like a faith thing to pray or to talk if you for pray, him yes yes yeah sir. you yeah. know just just to help him out because that's a good question it's a good issue that I'm sure a lot of people struggle with yeah i uh, i don't know I mean, as far as if you or or like your brother struggles with that, how to overcome that uh, you're going to over, you overcome everything by getting into the Word and finding out what God's Word says, what His plan is, uh, how much He loves you, and so forth. Uh, I think my, even though I, I've told I've told our congregation uh, some length about the the mental problems my mother went through, and there was a period of time when I was a teenager, I just hated to go home. I'd come home from school and and uh, you know, I walked home because I lived real close to the, to the high school and when I would turn the corner and I could see my, my uh, uh, garage, the ha- house down the street and if my mom, if the car was there she wasn't gone somewhere, I would just, oh, I wish she wasn't home because there was just such a, uh, 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 she was going through this tough time and it was, it was really hard on me at the time. My understanding of the word today and understanding spiritual things has helped me uh, understand what was going on and have compassion for her. And so that's what I think your brother needs is, is uh, uh, through the word of God and, and the compassion of the Lord to, to let that wash over him, you know, and renew his mind, uh, any of those feelings, uh, uh, just get washed out by the washing of the water of the word. Yeah. Some reason you, you, you weren't affected that way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so that, that the, the washing of the water of the word, the renewing of the mind, and, and, the, and the help of the Holy Spirit. I just want to tell you a quick little
1: story. Um, everybody knows that I was gone six weeks on vacation, and, you know, three months out of the year, I'm unemployed because I work for the school board. Well, my son is transferring over to adulthood, he's 19, And he was getting to that unappreciative stage. I said, okay, well, we're going to do something here. I said, guess what, son, you're stuck with the light bill for three months. And he was like, well, that's not fair because I need to buy this and I need to do this and da-da-da-da, and Mama's gone. I left him and my nephew with the light bill, and they had to feed themselves." When I come home, he goes, oh, Mom, I didn't even know that it was this hard. I said, you only got half the light bill. You didn't get the rest of the bills. You just got half of a light bill. So that really showed a lot of appreciation there, just walking them into adulthood.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need to know how the world really works. When we were, and, you know, you can, people do different things. You don't have to do this. But what we did is when our children started driving, when our kids started driving, uh, we, we made sure they understood this was a privilege. It's not a right. You know, you don't have a right just because your friends have cars and drive. You don't have a right to, to this, this is a privilege, and uh, so uh, we we made them. You know, they, when when we added them to our insurance, our insurance went up. We made them pay that the increased cost. Our insurance. This this isn't for me. This is for you. If if whatever it goes up is your bill, and that was their, That's what they had to do. If they were going to drive, they were going to pay for their insurance, and they paid. Oh, certainly, they paid for their own gas. They paid for their gas. Anytime they went anywhere, if they wanted to go, if they didn't have gas money, they didn't go. Uh, and they worked, you know, odd jobs and different things, you know. Uh, uh, we bought them cars when they were in, as graduation presidents from from, from, cop, from high school, each of them when they graduated from high school, we, we didn't have the funds to buy them a car, com- you know, completely and pay for it and give it to them. and And we didn't... Philosophically, we didn't think that was necessarily the best thing to do because, again, we wanted them to have responsibility. So we bought the car. We paid for it, put it in our name. But we paid half the payment. They had to pay half the payment. So they, we gave them half a car. Huh? Yeah, they were responsible for the insurance on their car, any maintenance on the car. They paid their, their, their insurance uh, and and half the uh, uh, half of the car payment. We just we felt like it was important to, that they understand responsibility and what it costs. You know, as you get in as you start transitioning into adulthood, you, you need to right away understand that this that their responsibilities go along with this. That's just what we did. Yeah. Uh, if the village is a spirit-filled village, I like it. Well, this is my point. Obviously, there's dynamics in different families. Not everybody in my family has, you know, the beliefs that I have. And, you know, my mother, for instance, is living with me now. And she can be, you know, how do you tell your mom to back off? Back off, mom. I know, I know, I know. Huh? Say that again. Mom, you back, so you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're going to have to establish some real uh, ground rules because that's your house. Yeah. You know, she's living with you, and, but it's your house and your family. And uh, with, with Angela and I, when we were first married, uh, I didn't, I, because my dad was killed when I was 11, I had nobody there as I got older to teach me uh, how to use tools. I mean, I, I took in junior high some, you know, woodworking class. I think I told you when we built this church, the only thing I ever built before was a set of bookends and they weren't square. Uh, so, I, I mean, I did a few things, but I, I didn't have a dad to, to uh, instruct me in, you know, tools and carpentry and, and home maintenance and how to fix cars. I knew nothing about that. And the thing that just irritated the life out of me was that Angela's dad knew everything. He was one of these guys that was a, a jack of all trades and a master of most of, both, most of them. You know, he, could, he, could, he, he, he understood plumbing and electrical work and building and, and could tear an engine apart and put it back together. You know, I could barely get in the car without damaging it. And, uh, and you know... Uh, when we, she depended on her father for things. Instead of letting me attempt to fix something, she would just call her dad. And one of the best things that happened to us is when we moved to Oklahoma, where she, her dad was no longer available. It, it really helped our relationship for her to start looking to me for things. And so I'm saying that, uh, Brandon, in, in the sense that, uh, you and your wife, you and, and what's your name, Laura? You and Laura? <laughs> Sometimes I draw a blank and my contacts don't see very well back there. But you and Laura, uh, you know, it's, it's your family that you're raising. And uh, the parents, and, and, and I tell my, my sons, if, if, I, if I forget this when I get old, you correct me. But parents have a tendency to, as they get older, to still think that everything is focused on them. You know, that everybody has to come home to grandma's house. Everybody, it's all about them. My mother was, was so upset that I moved away from Jacksonville, that my brother moved away from Jacksonville, my sister moved away from Jacksonville, and it wasn't all about her anymore. Well, the torch has passed to a new generation. I have a family. I have to raise my family, it has to be about us. And grandparents or, or our uh, uh, aging parents and those of us that are moving in that direction, we have to understand, we have to accommodate our children's lives. It's not the other way around. It, what, uh, it's not. Angela and I s- certainly still have a life together, but I'm saying when it comes to, to Steve or Christy and their boys, I have to accommodate them. And, and Greg and Amy and there could I have to accommodate them. They're the ones establishing a home and building a life. And so I should be there to help them, not hinder. And so uh, Angela learned to turn her attention to me instead of to her dad. I learned very, on, very early on that I had to stand up to my mother where my wife was. Angela, my mother, fought, and Angela fought. Uh, when we first got married over our discipline where the kids were concerned, because we, 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 were, we were determined to make sure that our children turned out right, and they thought we were overbearing, or my mother did, and she and Angela would fight, and I had to come to a place where I said, Mom, this is our family, this is the, the, this is, these are our rules, and you're going to have to step back. It did a lot for our relationship for me to put Angela first over my mom. Yes. I had to do that, and uh, so I'm just saying we're, you know that's, your, that's your, uh, Laura and, and Brandon, that's your home, and you have to respect your mom, but you're accountable to God for, for how he's leading you to raise your family and uh, uh what was your question? <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry, I've rambled on here but. What was your question again? Seriously. Well, remind me, because I don't know what I've touched on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What I I know, what I think about a village to raise is this church. This is the village I want my children. And uh, I know some parents, if anybody says anything about their kids, we're over a couple minutes. minutes, but if anybody says anything about their kids, points out that their child was misbehaving or corrects them, some parents just go ballistic, get offended and mad. How dare you say anything to my child? How dare you be critical of my child? Uh, I've noticed that those kids don't do well. Right. They don't do well. Uh, when, when, we were, when we first started the church, I was probably a little more sensitive about it because uh, preacher's kids can oftentimes be held to a different standard and a higher standard and an unfair standard than the other kids. And so as long as I, I didn't perceive that going on, I was okay with anybody in the church. You know, if if, my, if if Greg or Steve are doing something, you know, that they shouldn't have been doing, somebody sees them, well, just correct them. And and I've seen that parents that that are that way that just... You know, you trust one another. You're, you're all friends. You're in uh, family together in, in this church family. Uh, I know Greg and Amy are real good about that. You know, if, if, if anybody uh, says, you know, I saw, you know, Nate doing such and such, I say, oh, well, we'll take care of that. They don't get offended about it. And so it, it's good to have a, 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 a nurturing village like this, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Because you can see things sometimes that, that I wouldn't see. Amen? Does that help? Yeah. Well, one more. (laughs) Go ahead, Otis. Hold on.
1: Uh, I guess if you all don't know me, I'm I'm Otis. I'm with the two girls that come in Ocean, Alana. well it's about my one of my daughters. I mean, I love them a lot, and I try to give them all the love I can, and their mom does too. Um, but there's a little situation that I guess if you guys understand later on as you get to know me better. Um, my oldest daughter a little more sensitive, and I'm trying to understand how to deal with her, because like if I don't call her throughout the day or if sometimes I don't give some type of attention that she wants, she goes overboard. It's like she breaks down. She's like crying, bawling out, and I'm like, okay, how do I deal with this? Now the other daughter, on the other hand, I will call once a day, and I'm like, hey, how you guys doing? You know, daddy loves you, miss you, and She's fine. But the older daughter, she's more like, well, you didn't call me back. And it's like, I'm talking about like overbearing. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. I mean.
0: Yeah, well, uh, talk to me about it sometimes because it's not something that, you know, we can solve uh, publicly like this. But I'd be glad to talk to you about that. Be be, be very happy to. Uh, I'll just say this. I think it's important that... Uh, Our kids understand that the world doesn't revolve around them uh, because it truly doesn't. (laughs) And they're gonna find that out uh, when they reach adulthood and and the sooner they find it out, the better. Uh, So we never allowed our kids to, like I said, uh, uh, I remember something Nancy Dufresne said oftentimes, I've heard her say several times that her mother used to say, Something to the effect that uh, life is too short for me to allow you to ruin my life. <laughs> I think that's helpful. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, we're, we're over. You're, you're dismissed. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching.